Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 20 of the World of Sports podcast hosted by Diego Sandoval. I am your host Diego Sandoval and today I will be looking at ESPN's top 100 NBA players list, ranking my top 10 NBA shooting guards, and as always giving my week 14 bold predictions. Uh, if you would like to follow this podcast on Twitter and Instagram, be sure to check out at TWOS Podcasts. Also, follow me on TikTok at the World of Sports Podcast. Uh, as always, let's get into some news from around the leagues to start off. Uh, beginning in the NFL, uh, Saints quarterback Drew Brees has been targeting a week 15 return to play. Uh, so that would be next week. After a couple weeks ago, he broke a couple ribs um, in a game. So we'll see. I think Brees makes the Saints a lot better, even though they already they are already. Um, in my opinion, a top three team in the NFL. Uh, so Drew Brees looking to return next week. Des Bryant, a wide receiver for the Ravens, has COVID and tweeted out that he is quote-unquote quitting the season. Uh, whatever that means, either he's just going to walk out or retire. I don't know. <laughs> but it sounded like he's pretty much over this whole you know, COVID season. So we'll see how... What happens with Dez? Um, looks like he doesn't really want to return, but we'll see. And then final piece of news from the NFL, uh, Jalen Hurts uh, has been named the starter of the Philadelphia Eagles at the quarterback position. I think this is long overdue. Uh, Carson Wentz has just been absolutely atrocious this year. And, I mean, in the NFC East, who knows? Maybe Jalen Hurts can have him, help him win out and possibly make, that, make the playoffs in that division. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Jalen Hurts is now the starter for the Eagles, and I think that's the right move based on the way Wentz has been playing lately. Now, moving on to the MLB news, this past uh, week about week or so was the actual um, MLB winter meetings. However, nothing really happened. Uh, obviously, there was no official winter meetings, you know, in, in the hotel in Florida that they usually do. Uh, this year, it was all uh, virtual um, over Zoom, obviously, because of COVID. Uh, so I don't know if that's the reason why not many deals were made, but just the flat-out answer is that there were no big deals. I think the biggest deal was that the White Sox traded for Lance Lynn uh, in exchange for Dane Dunning. He is going to the Rangers. Uh, Lance Lynn, I think, is a great pickup for the, Whites, for the White Sox, and it really helps their chances at really contending this upcoming season. Uh, we saw how good they could be last last season with that offense, with that young core. And I think Lance Lynn is exactly the starter that they need. Um, I think that he's a great, great arm. Kind of uh, revived his career last season. And I think he's going to be a great addition to the White Sox. Uh, sticking with the White Sox, they have also signed Adam Eaton. Uh, brought him back to Chicago on a one-year, $7 million deal with, I believe, a second-year option. Uh, so he'll most likely fill in. Uh, here and there in the outfield for the White Sox, but we'll see. Uh, the Royals have signed uh, first baseman slash DH uh, Carlos Santana, former Cleveland Indian, to a two-year $17 million deal. Um, this could be a good deal. Uh, Santana has been kind of hot and cold his past couple seasons in the MLB. Uh, he definitely could outperform that salary, but then he could also very much underperform it. So time will just tell on how how good that deal is for the Royals. But uh, we'll see. The Cleveland Indians have made it pretty 
Um, pretty clear that they really want to trade Francisco Lindor before this upcoming season. Um, uh, possible suitors are obviously teams, you know, like the Dodgers, like the Yankees. But then there's also some smaller market teams that may that may have, you know, pieces to trade for Lindor possibly. But uh, we'll see. Uh, there really hasn't been a quote-unquote favorite emerge quite yet for Lindor. Uh, it seems like the Indians are asking for quite a lot, which, I mean, makes sense. Lindor is one of the best, uh, in my opinion, the second-best shortstop in the MLB. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll see. In the next coming weeks, he, sh- he should get traded definitely before spring training. I'd say most likely in the next month or so because teams like to trade their guys um, maybe a couple months before the season starts just because it gets them more acclimated with their new team. But we'll see. That's all we got from the MLB. Now, a couple pieces of NBA news. Paul George has signed a five-year, $226 million extension for the Clippers. Um, obviously, Paul George is a is a star in this league, uh, but I do not think that he deserves $226 million. Um, to put that into context, he's getting paid more than Anthony Davis, uh, and I do not think that Paul George is really close to the level of Anthony Davis. So... Interesting move for the Clippers, um, but I mean they locked up a star, so I mean I guess it could be a good deal. I just feel like they could have gotten him for cheaper. Um, but Paul George staying with the Clippers for the next five years, and that deal basically seals that he'll probably be a Clipper for the rest of his career, unless he decides to ring chase. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on, the Rockets uh, reportedly. Uh, would want either Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving in return if they were to trade James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I don't see either of those happening. I think the Nets are probably happy with their core that they have now. I don't see them giving up on Durant and Kyrie uh, before them even playing a game with each other. Uh, so I doubt a trade to the Nets is happening for for James Harden. But um, the last piece of news is that Harden has also... Um, expressed interest in a possible trade to the Milwaukee Bucks or the Miami Heat. Uh, I think both of those teams would be very interesting. I think Harden and Giannis would be a very interesting combo considering they're both, um, you know, so dominant on offense. Uh, it would be interesting to see how they're able to share the ball. And then the Heat, um, obviously they're, they've just got shooters on shooters on that team. Um, so that would also be interesting to see if they decide to, you know, run the offense through Harden or keep it the way that they, they had last season when they made the NBA finals. Uh, so that'd be interesting again, no definitive, you know, trades or anything for James Harden. Uh, but obviously I will keep you guys updated when the time may come. Uh, we will see. Okay. First, um, segment of this podcast is. Uh, me looking at the ESPN top 100 NBA, uh, NBA players going into this season. And to be honest, this is a terrible list. Um, one of my friends, um, which, you know, there's a possibility we could get a co-host on this podcast. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that's in the works a little bit. So a little sneak peek there. Um, he said that he believes that ESPN does this just to, you know, get controversy and get people talking. Um, that would be interesting. I just don't know why ESPN would have to do that. You know, it's ESPN. They already have enough, you know, of an audience, so they don't really need to stir up controversy. I feel like it'd be easier for them to just make a good list and people to, you know, praise them for having good, 
analysts, but I don't know. We'll see. But just to go through it, uh, their top 10, I'm going to go through what I agree and disagree with. A lot of disagreeing, but they had the number one player in the league as LeBron James. I agree. I think that he is the best player in the NBA. I think that he has the biggest impact on his team. And I just think all around, there is no player better than LeBron James. Uh, they had Anthony Davis at number two. Uh, I think he's he's a borderline top five player, but I do not think that he's the second best player in the NBA. Um, as much as I think that he's going to be an MVP in the next five years, probably, I don't see him as the second best player in the NBA right now. Now that moves me on to number three, which is Giannis, who is Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he is my second best player in the NBA. Um, again, uh, just by the way, in the next coming weeks before the NBA season, I am going to make my my own list, my own top 10 players list, as I have been doing with each position. I'm going to do it overall players. But yeah, I think Giannis is the second best player, you know, back-to-back MVP, uh, defensive player of the year. Uh, I think he's the second best player behind LeBron. Now at number four, they had Luka Doncic, and I think that's too high. I think he definitely belongs in the top 10, but I don't think he's the best point guard in the league, which is what they have him at, obviously, with LeBron... Um, and Giannis and AD um, ahead of him. Uh, I don't see him as the best point guard in the league, at least not yet. He could take a massive step this year, which I think he probably will. Uh, but right now, I do not think that Luka is the best point guard in the league. And at number five, they have Kawhi Leonard. I think I'd put him around here, just obviously with different people ahead and behind him. But I think Kawhi is number five, in, number five six in the league, I'd say. Um, moving on to their number six spot, they have Kevin Durant. And I think that he absolutely deserves to be in the top five. And I feel like they're putting him at six just because he's coming off an injury and they're not really sure. But, I mean, it's Kevin Durant. You know, he's when he's on the court, he's a top three player in the NBA. So I feel like even coming off of injury, he deserves to be at least in the top five. Um, I don't think that Luka is better than Kevin Durant. I don't think Kawhi is better than Kevin Durant. Um I don't think AD is better than Kevin Durant. So it's like I put Kevin Durant over those guys. So I don't see a world where Kevin Durant is, you know, not as good as Luka Doncic or not as good as Kawhi Leonard. Um, moving on, again, put Kevin Durant higher, please. <laughs> um, number seven, Damian Lillard. Uh, I still think he's a top 10 player. He is not better than Steph Curry. Uh, I have a, I have him as my third best point guard, I'm pretty sure. I think I had Steph, Luka, then Dame. Um, he's not better than Steph Curry. Um, there's all, I feel like uh, me and Logan, uh, possible future co-host, um, talked about there's so much recency bias, I feel like, in this list. You know, Damian Lillard obviously had that ridiculous bubble run. Um, that's kind of skewing people's views of how good of a player he is don't get me wrong he's a great player top 10 player but he's not better than Steph Curry um he's not the second best point guard in the league I don't think um so yeah Damian Lillard he he belongs on this top 10 list but not at number seven uh number eight they have Steph Curry I think that this is absolutely disrespectful Steph Curry is a top five player in the NBA Steph Curry um, is better than Damian Lillard. He's better than Kawhi. He's better than Luka. He's better than Anthony Davis. Um, I don't see a world where Steph Curry, the two-time MVP who averages 30 points a game when he's on the court, is a number eight player in the league. Um, like I said, definitely top five ahead of all those guys I mentioned before. 
Um, it could be another thing where he's coming off of injury, but I just think it's utterly disrespectful to put Steph Curry at number eight on this list. And then to round out the top ten, uh, sorry if you hear noise in the background. Looks like they're doing, sounds like they're doing some work outside, but we're just going to push through it. <laughs> um, number nine and ten, they had James Harden and Nikola Jokic, and I, I agree with this. I think that these two uh, deserve to be around this, this uh, you know, range. I, I'll probably put James Harden over Damian Lillard, though. Um, but other than that, I would say that Harden and Jok- Jokic is good at 10. Harden would probably be around 8 in my list, and Lillard would probably be 9. Um, just a couple other notables outside of the top 10. It seemed to me like there were lots of um, underrated players. There were lots of kind of shockers, in my opinion. Jeez, that truck is really making a lot of noise. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Hopefully not, but we'll see. Um, they had Zion Williamson at number 19, and in my opinion, that is way too high, and they are way too focused on potential here. Zion, the way he played, yeah, he played great last year, but he did not play like the 19th best player in the NBA. Um, Zion, just to give you some names that Zion is ahead of, is Russell Westbrook, Jamal Murray, Paul George, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Carl Anthony Towns. All those guys have better stats than Zion, and they're more, you know, secured in this league. They're they're not in their second season. Um, uh, obviously, Trey Young's the youngest at his third year, but guys like Westbrook, Paul George, Kyrie, they've established themselves in this league, and I don't think that you can put a guy like Zion ahead of him. I just think that's kind of jumping the gun a little bit. Sure, I could see definitely Zion being higher than those guys in the next couple years. But right now, Zion Williamson is not a better player than Russell Westbrook. He's not a better player than Paul George. He's not a better player than Kemba Walker. Um, and I think it's that simple. I think they're kind of playing on the on the hype behind his name and how he's, you know, the next LeBron James. But I just don't, I don't see him being better than any of those players that he's ahead of. Uh, moving on, Michael Porter Jr. was placed at number 51 on this list for some reason, and I think that's way too high. Again, I think they're really banking on um, potential in this kind of realm. Uh, he's ahead of guys like Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, um, and I just don't think Michael Porter Jr. is a, the 51st best player in the NBA. Again, playing on that potential card, I feel like we saw him kind of shine a little bit in the bubble. But other than that, he has done nothing in his career. So I don't think you can put him at 51 at this point. Uh, we see, and then one other guy that I think is way too way too highly ranked is Tyler Hero at 59. Um, again, it's, it's the same that they did with Zion on Michael Porter Jr. Playing on the hype, playing on the potential. Tyler Hero, don't, be, don't get me wrong, he played great in the finals. And he was part of the reason why the, the Heat made, made that finals run but he's not the 59th best player in the NBA. Um, there are so many people behind him that I think are better than him. Um, and again, ESPN could just be playing towards the hype um, and trying to get conversation out of their list. But if it's a serious list, Tyler Hero is not the 59th best player in the NBA. And then one guy that I think I should mention that was severely disrespected in this list is DeMar DeRozan. Um, he was the, named the 82nd best player um, in the NBA, I think that DeMar DeRozan is better than Michael Porter Jr. He's better than Lonzo Ball. He's better than Tyler Hero. And all those guys got in the 50s. And DeMar DeRozan was 82. Uh, so, yeah, disrespectfully low in my opinion. He averages 20-plus points a game, and he's good defensively. Like, a player like that absolutely deserves to be higher than 82. Um, 
And I don't know if it's because he's quote unquote a boring player where you know he doesn't really have any standout performances, but DeMar DeRozan gets on the court, he does what he needs to do, and he gets his job done. So I just don't see a world where DeMar DeRozan is the 82nd best player in the NBA. I think that he deserves to be much higher, um, especially ahead of these guys that I just named, like Michael Porter Jr. and Tyler Hero. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm going to be giving my list in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be on my Instagram first, and then I'll probably go over it on my podcast. So, uh, again, follow the Instagram at TWS Podcast. I'll probably post a TikTok about it as well, at the World of Sports Podcast. Um, Yeah. Okay, moving on to the next segment. It is my top 10 shooting guards. Again, I've been doing this series. Um, Started last week, but I'm going to start doing it more frequently just because I'm running out of time before the NBA season starts. Uh, But let's get into my top 10 shooting guards. At number 10, I have Zach Levine. Um, I think he's he's pretty... He's, he's underrated, but I mean, he's starting to get the respect he deserves just because he's starting to put up the points. Um, last year, he had 25 uh, four assists and four rebounds a game. Again, solid numbers, but uh, we've talked about Zach Levine and um, how it's kind of playing on the Bulls. You're not going to get, you're not going to have a lot of competition in terms of scoring and putting up numbers, so he's kind of doing it just in garbage time when they're already losing. But that doesn't take away from the fact that Zach Levine, in my opinion, is very talented and could take a massive step this year. But as of right now, he's my 10th best shooting guard in the NBA. Moving on to number nine, I have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think that he's on his way to becoming an all-star and could definitely be in the conversation for um, most improved player this upcoming season. Uh, Last year, uh, Shea averaged 19 points, uh, three assists, and six rebounds. Um, and I think that he's going to take a big step just because, you know, the the Thunder have traded away a lot of players. We saw them trade away Chris Paul, Steven Adams. They've kind of decided to rebuild around Shea with all those draft picks that they have. Um, and I think that Shea could definitely take a huge step uh, this upcoming season and kind of maybe even become an all-star this season. But uh, we'll see with that. But, yeah, he's my ninth best shooting guard. Uh, coming in at number eight is C.J. McCollum. Uh, he's always been pretty overlooked be just because he's playing alongside Damian Lillard, and Lillard usually gets his uh, – he's the one that takes over in the fourth quarter. He's the one that gets most of the uh, attention. But, you know, he's got to be respected as one of the best shooters in the NBA, and that's probably the biggest reason why he's at number eight is just because he's a great shooter, um, one of the best shooters on this list. Uh, last season, he averaged 22 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. Um, pretty good season from CJ. And I think he just consistently puts up those numbers at twenty, the low 20s and around 5 and 5 a game. So I feel like he needs to get, you know, at least some respect as, the, in my opinion, the 8th best shooting guard in the league. Coming in at number 7, I have Jalen Brown. Um, again, another future all-star in my opinion. And he definitely could move up in this list by the end of this season or definitely in the next couple years. Last year, he averaged 20 points, two assists, six rebounds. Um, playing alongside Jason Tatum, I think that's a great one-two punch for the Celtics' future. And I think that Jalen Brown um, has a lot of room to grow, um, and I think he definitely will do that growing. And I think that's the main reason why I have him at number seven. Moving on to my number six best shooting guard, and that is Drew Holiday. Um Drew is, in my opinion, the best uh, defensive guard in the league. 
um, average uh, 19.6 assists, five rebounds last year. But again, like I said, his impact is felt, um, you know, outside of the stats um, in terms of he is, like I said, the best defensive guard in the league, in my opinion. Um, he's just He just locks up defenders, and he has a huge impact on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Moving on to number five, I have Paul George. Uh, as of right now, he's obviously getting a lot of hate because of his playoff performances and just his overall inconsistency last season. But bottom line is he's still a star in this league, and he still deserves to be top five in his position. Um, this last season, he averaged 21 points, four, four assists, five rebounds. Um, and I think he'll probably hover around there, maybe increase a little bit this upcoming season, um, just based on the fact that he has a lot to prove this year. Um, but we'll see. But Paul George is my number five uh, shooting guard. Moving on to number four, I have Donovan Mitchell. Uh, we definitely saw how good that this kid can be in the playoffs and in the bubble this this past season. Um, and I think he's only getting better just because of the way he slowly progressed his game and he's slowly gotten better and better. Um, last season, he averaged 24 points, four assists, four rebounds. Um, so, you know, great season for him. And I think he's going to continue his his um, great career slowly getting better and better, like I said. Um, and he could even elevate his performance to what we saw in the playoffs this last season against the in that series against the Nuggets where he was just dropping 50-point game after 50-point game. Uh, so, yeah, Donovan Mitchell is my fourth best shooting guard. Uh, moving on to number three, I have Devin Booker. Um, uh, similar to Donovan Mitchell, he absolutely exploded in the bubble. Uh, we saw him just basically carry his team to that undefeated uh, run in the bubble. Obviously, it was uh, not enough to make the playoffs, but his team did go 8-0 in the bubble. And I think that this next season, he's going to take another big leap like he did uh, last offseason. Uh, this last season... God, I'm really sorry if you guys can hear that, Chuck. If not, then just disregard what I'm saying. But it's really loud in my, uh, to me. <laughs> um, anyway, Devin Booker uh, last year averaged 26 points, six assists, four rebounds a game, and I think that having Chris Paul alongside him in this upcoming season is going to help him a lot. Um, the offense had kind of always run through Devin Booker in Phoenix. Um, therefore, he was getting most of the defensive attention. But I think Chris Paul hand handing the ball. Uh, most of the time will open up Devin Booker, Devin Booker's scoring potential. We've seen Chris Paul positively affect his teammates' scoring um, all throughout his career, and I think that doesn't change with Devin Booker. I think that he's going to take another step forward, and that's why I have him at my number three shooting guard. Uh, moving on to number two, I have Bradley Beal. Um, I think that he's starting to get the recognition that he deserves as one of the more dynamic scorers and shooters in this league. Last year, he averaged 30 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. And the fact that he wasn't an all-star is uh, terrible. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think that Bradley Beal is really one of the better scorers in the NBA. Um, he was kind of overlooked for so long just because he was playing behind John Wall, similar to the C.J. McCollum situation. But since John Wall was hurt last year, the last couple seasons, Bradley Beal has really stepped into his own and taking that team by the reins now this upcoming season he does have russell westbrook to play alongside that should be interesting to see i think that it's going to work out um, but again only time will tell but um no matter if it works out or not i still have bradley beal as my second best shooting guard in the league and then uh number one this is pretty obvious james harden is the best shooting guard in the nba i mean the numbers speak for themselves he averaged 34 points seven to six six rebounds last year 
in my opinion, he's probably the best pure scorer in the league. He can literally right now. Um, he can score at will, pretty much. You know, you're not stopping him. Whether he's getting to the free throw line, he's hitting his step back threes. James Harden is pretty much unstoppable. He's gonna put up 30 points on you basically um, every night, uh, and I think that's really rare and that's really special. Uh, so James Harden, pretty obvious pick for my number one shooting guard in the NBA. All right. Um, I'm sorry we're talking about the NBA a lot. That's kind of just like what we're building up to here. But let's get into some NFL. Um, Again, as always, we end off the episode with my week 14 bold predictions. Uh, So let's start off with Aaron Jones, uh, Green Bay Packers running back. I think that this, uh, this weekend he rushes for 150 yards and a touchdown against the Lions. Uh, the Lions, I've talked about it before, they have one of the worst, if not the worst, rush defenses in the NFL, and I think that the Packers are going to be winning for a lot of this game, therefore running the ball a lot, and I think that Aaron Jones gets the bulk of those carries being their best running back. Um, so yeah, I think that he goes for 150 and a tutty. Moving on, I think that the New Orleans Saints are going to force three turnovers on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Saints are one of the best defenses in the NFL, if not the best. Um, and it's Jalen Hurts' first start uh, as an NFL quarterback. I think that that could get to him. I don't think that he's going to be – don't get me wrong. I think that he could be a good quarterback in the NFL, um, but I just don't think his first start out there, he's going to be very good, um, So especially with a tough test against the Saints. So I see three turnovers. The Eagles as a team have just been turnover machines this year, and a lot of that has to go with Carson Wentz, but they have had fumbling issues as well. Uh, So I think that there's going to be three turnovers by the Eagles in that game. Moving on to my third bold prediction, I think that the uh, Buffalo Bills will beat the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, Uh, give the Steelers their second straight loss. Uh, We saw Pittsburgh did not look good last week. Um, They lost to the Washington football team, obviously. And I think that the Bills are one of the few good teams that they face this season. And the Bills have looked really good, in my opinion. Josh Allen is playing at a high-caliber level where you could argue him being in the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, But, yeah, I do think that the Steelers are handed their second loss this week by the Buffalo Bills. And my fourth and final bold prediction is that Derrick Henry, King Henry, will rush for 200 yards. He's done it way too many times before where you can't really doubt him. They're playing against the Jaguars, one of the worst rush defenses in the league. The Tennessee Titans are going to be winning in this game, and we've seen time and time again, when Tennessee is winning a game, they absolutely just feed Derrick Henry and give him all the yards he can eat up. I mean, dude, nobody can tackle him by by themselves. They need help, and the Jaguars don't have much help. Uh, so I think Derrick Henry is going to explode for a career day. I think he rushes for 200 yards against the Jaguars. Uh, So those are my bold predictions. Aaron Jones, 150 and a touchdown. Saints have forced three turnovers on the Eagles. Bills beat the Steelers. And Derrick Henry rushed for 200 yards. Uh, As always, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 20 of the World of Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. We may be, um, you know, introducing a co-host to this uh, podcast. Should make it much more entertaining and a lot more exciting. But we'll see. Uh, In this episode, I talked about ESPN's NBA Top 100 list and how terrible it was. I gave my top 10 shooting guards in the NBA and, as always, finished it off with my NFL Week 14 bold predictions. Uh, be sure to fo- follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at TWOS Podcast and let me know who your 
best shooting guard in the NBA is. Um, as always, my name is Diego Sandoval, signing off.